Hello, everyone. I am District 4 Commissioner Marlene Foscue, and you are listening to Better Together with Commissioner Foscue, where my guests and I share ideas and discuss issues impacting Gwinnett County. In this episode, I am joined by the Honorable U.S. Congresswoman Carolyn Bordeaux, who represents Georgia's 7th Congressional District, which includes most of Gwinnett County. Today, we'll get to know a little bit more about the Congresswoman and discuss federal legislation that impacts Gwinnett County residents. Thanks for taking some time out of your schedule first to join us, Congresswoman. And we're going to start off just by asking the basic questions. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well... I live in Swanee with my husband and my nine-year-old son. That's nine years? Oh, I wow. know, I know. He, they grow fast. Yes. And uh, let's see, he's really into basketball and baseball. So uh, we spend a lot of time both, uh, I, I spend a lot of time pitching the ball with him and, okay. and doing that and, uh, and then watching lots of um, the Braves. And then we're really into uh, the Hawks right now. Okay. And they're in the uh, NBA championship. So it's been exciting. Um, so let's see, that's, you know, day in my life. My day job used to be, I was a professor at Georgia State at the Andrew Young School of Policy Studies and taught public policy and public finance. Okay. So it's really interesting as I come into this job, I have this background in that area. I was also director of the Senate Budget and Evaluation Office in Georgia, so helped the state balance the budget during the Great Recession. Um, and I've generally gone back and forth between roles in teaching and research and actually working in public service. Okay. So tell me, what's one of your favorite things to do? In your downtime. <laughs> <It's> downtime. <laughs> In my downtime, I read the news. I, uh, I love public policy. I love thinking about it. So that is one of the big things I do. But other than that, um, I am going to be playing on the congressional women's softball team. Really? Yes. And so my, my nine-year-old son has been training me in this. I have a lot of work to do, but he is, uh, you know, teaching me to, to throw and to hit. And we're having a lot of fun with that. What position will you be playing? I don't know. It depends on how good I get, right? <laughs> I always Probably used to do left field. <laughs> and hope the ball doesn't come out Exactly. <laughs> uh, so let's, uh, on January 3rd, yep. you were sworn in as the first woman to represent Georgia's 7th Congressional District. Yeah. Can you tell us about those initial moments? How did that feel? Well, it's an enormous honor. And I... I'm very appreciative to have this job and have this moment uh, to be able to work on these issues for people in Gwinnett and for Scythe counties. Uh, but it was a really difficult moment. If you recall what was going on, we were at the height of COVID uh, epidemic. Um, there's a lot of tension in Congress, which still remains to this day about how to address the pandemic. Um, and obviously, a few days later, we had the insurrection where the Capitol was attacked. And so it was a very difficult first week. So, and we're just going to touch lightly on January 6th. When the insurrection happened, were you actually in the in the room and everything at the time? I was not. I was in the office okay. building, okay. Uh, but we were not far away. Sure. And uh, it was uh, it was disconcerting. You know, it was like a active shooter drill is kind of how you might wow. feel about it. Right. You're just locked down in a room in the dark behind doors. And every time you hear footsteps in the hallway, you don't know who it is, if they're coming to shoot you or if it's a security guard. You just it's a very nerve wracking experience. And uh, some of my colleagues, though, 
uh, were on the House floor and in the House gallery mm-hmm. and uh, had to be evacuated by SWAT teams. Wow. And as they walked by, you know, they were walking past uh, some of the the rioters uh, lying on the floor um, and then, you know, got into an elevator and were evacuated and didn't know any, they were worried anytime they turned a corner as they left that they might all of a sudden run into some of those people and get yeah. shot. So it was a very intense moment. How were you able to calm your staff down? Time frame. Well, my staff, they were very good. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew they were, they were all new to D.C., right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were all, again, it was COVID time. So right. I didn't have that many staff with me, actually. Okay. We were okay. very sort of bare bones. Everybody's working remotely. Um, and it was really fortunate. My sister uh, had come, only one person was allowed to come to my inauguration. Really? Is, I didn't realize it was, stip- it was a stipulation. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so it was kind of sad because, you know, I have a, you know, my husband yes, and my son sacrificed so much for this and have been so involved and uh, they couldn't come. You know, my husband is at risk and so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, there was health risks for him coming. Um, so my sister, uh, who's a doctor, came down uh, from Boston and was with me. And she decided that she was going to stay through the sixth because we'd heard so many rumors of mm-hmm. there going to be that there was going to be you know riots and violence and things like that. So I was very fortunate she was with me on that day. Oh, and so you know together, if you got family yes. or somebody with you, you know, <laughs> uh, you're you're just uh, you know much stronger in that moment. Um, so you know we we stayed together and and uh, watched what was happening. Um, uh, members of Congress communicate by uh, text threads, basically. And so we were on a bunch of text threads where we were hearing from people in the gallery and on the floor sort of what was happening. The shots were fired. There was tear gas in the rotunda. Um, so, you know, we were feeling, <laughs> we felt very close uh, to what was happening. Um, and I would say the darkest moment was when um, my chief of staff uh, informed me that there'd been an appeal to the White House to deploy the National Guard, and that appeal had been denied. Wow. And so that was the darkest moment. But, of course, then the National Guard eventually was deployed, and, mm-hmm. and uh, they were able to get the situation under control. Wow. That's just, I mean, when we are residents here in Georgia, we were just looking at it and fascinated by looking at it on TV and not really understanding all that y'all were actually going through in real time. Yeah. So I'm glad that you're safe. And, you know, we're sorry about what happened to the different police officers and things Absolutely. like that. Um, the Capitol Police, we definitely, our hearts go out to their families, definitely. Yeah, over 140 were injured. I didn't realize it was that many. Yeah. And okay. so it was It was very rough. They were very stoic, though. The next day, as I was, we had to keep voting, right? We had to keep working. And I would go thank the Capitol Police for what they mm. did. And I remember one of them saying, well, I'm a little banged up, but I'm okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh. But I also want to say so many people from the 7th District texted me uh, during those moments, and so many people reached out, and I just want to thank everybody for caring. It was a very touching moment when people did that. Okay. So what is your day-to-day like in the life of a Congresswoman? And how do you, and with that, um, yeah, answer that question, but answer it like when you're in D.C. and then if you're home, because once you're a congresswoman, it doesn't stop. So right. two different scenarios, but the same question. Right. Well, so the, the rhythm, everybody wants to know how much I'm here versus there. So my family lives in Swanee and right. we were there. And uh, one of the, you know, the silver linings of COVID is that so many things can be done by Zoom and done remotely. Yes, we experienced that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, which is, you know, good and bad. 
Uh, but what it's meant is that a lot of the uh, congressional hearings are done remotely. Mm -hmm. And so I spend uh, more time at home and I can do a lot of those hearings here. So just yesterday we did a small business committee hearing and I was able to do that from, from Swanee. Okay. Yeah. So it's really the rat rhythm is sort of two weeks in D.C., two weeks home, three weeks in D.C., three weeks home. They kind of alternate, alternate it back and forth. So if there's a vote to be called on the floor, then you have to be in person, Correct. right? Yeah. So are you ever, I mean, are you notified? Like, you know that a certain vote is coming, like maybe on Monday, you know, it's coming that Friday or something. So that, so if you're home, you have the opportunity to get to D.C. or yes. how does that work? Yeah. So they schedule votes on particular days. Yeah. Okay. And they, they organize everything so that they know the bill is going to come to the floor on a particular day. Okay. As I mentioned before, you've been very busy, as we all know, in short months, and we're, we're really pleased with that. And I know that you pulled together a lot of different groups, mm -hmm. and you had a COVID-19 task force, which I'm honored to sit on and to to provide whatever input I can. Yeah. But you've also um, have been so helpful in writing legislation and getting all the information out to our community. Why has it been important for you to find time to be accessible? Because you've been very accessible or pretty accessible. If not yeah. very, maybe pretty. <laughs> I've tried very hard to just be in the community. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have done multiple town halls. I'm doing coffees with Carolyn uh, where you can just show up and I'm right there. And I need people to know, you know, I'm not some distant figure off in Washington. I'm, I'm your neighbor. I'm right here. And uh, it's very important to me that the issues that I work on are grounded in the needs of the community. And what I hear from uh, people like you, Commissioner, as well as just the man on the street. And uh, so we have the COVID task force yes. um, that we have done a lot of great work with. And I think one of there's several benefits to it. One has just been the sharing of between different groups. So we have the the county commission, uh, county commissioners on it, the school board, the hospitals, the business community, and just knowing what each group is working on and what their needs are has been enormously helpful. Um, you know, we've worked on deployment of the vaccine. We've worked on making sure we're supporting our small businesses. Uh, we've worked on education, think, hearing about what our schools need, uh, among many, many other issues. And so that's been really helpful. And I really appreciate your being involved in that Thank because you. it really has helped build that connection uh, between the community um, and what all this aid package flowing down from DC, how are we deploying that effectively? Yes. And, and your being there really helped you know, Thank make you. that connection. Because we have to do our homework. I've learned that from you. You have to do your homework so you know how we can better utilize those funds to uh, serve as many of our people, our residents, as possible. Yeah. So back in DC, legislation is mostly formed through committees. Yep. Which committees do you serve on and how were you selected? to be on those, to serve on those committees? So I sit on the Transportation Infrastructure Committee and the okay. Small Business Committee, okay. both very practical committees mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. our, our area. And I lobbied to be on those. You oh, have really? to reach out to the, the leadership of the House and ask okay. them to put you on those. And transportation infrastructure is particularly desirable right now because everybody knows we really need infrastructure. We really need that investment. And so, it's one that uh, a lot of folks want to be on, and uh, it was a real honor to get put on that committee. And uh, similarly, small business is incredibly important to this district. Yes. We have lots and lots of small businesses, many of them women, minority-owned, and supporting them to get them through the, the, the pandemic and then 
getting them off to a strong start uh, coming out of the pandemic is very important. I know one of the things that we were able to do in Gwinnett County with uh, the stimulus money from last year was that we took $30 million, that amount that we were awarded, and we utilized it for, uh, we utilized $10 million for grants and $20 million for, for loans to get the small businesses in the Gwinnett County area. So that was very helpful last year. Yeah. And so as we look at even the American Rescue Plan, and I know we have additional questions that I will ask you later about that, we're trying to make sure that we still look at those that community, that sector, and make sure that we take care of the, the business meaning that we're set up some type of plan also. We don't know all the details yet because some of the directions have been kind of tedious in trying to understand. I know, we're working on but <laughs> nevertheless, yeah. uh, if we go back to the committees, um, I know you mentioned a few minutes ago, but how does your role on those committees impact Gwinnett residents directly? Is it anything that's coming out of that that we look forward to seeing? Anything we can so, anticipate? So already we worked on the Paycheck Protection Program. Um, I passed legislation. There are only a few pieces of legislation that have actually passed uh, the House, the Senate, and been signed into law. And one of them is uh, my pay, uh, Paycheck Protection Program Extension Act. Okay. And that came right out of the 7th District. Uh, uh, Tony Rodriguez with the Aurora Theater came to me back in January and said, we're going to need a little bit more time around that particular program. Yes. And so we introduced that bill. It was bipartisan, bicameral, um, signed by the president at the end of March and gave our small businesses more time to apply for the PPP program. Um, so that was really, and that was because I sat on small business yes. and so was able to, to move that forward. Um, right now we're working on infrastructure. And so I've got this initiative called Future Fit the Suburbs. Yes. We're going to talk about that too. Okay. Don't give it away I, I don't want to give that away yet then. Okay. Um, but that's, you know, all tied to my conversations with people in the community. Okay. And then because I sit on this committee, it's easier. It's not the only thing I'm working on, but it's just easier for me to move things forward in that space. Okay. Gwinnett County has been blessed, um, to receive $28 million through the American Rescue Plan and that we are utilizing through our Project Reset 2.0 program. Very important. And that's the program that myself, um, well, actually Project Reset 1.0, we started last year with the CARES dollars with myself, she's Magistrate uh, Christina Bloom mm -hmm. and Matt Elder from Home First Gwinnett. And mm -hmm. that program that we created was to stop evictions or do what we can to make sure that our residents was um, stably housed. Mm -hmm. So now we've moved in with these dollars, this funding that came from the federal government, the U.S. Treasury, with $28 million. And now we have another program. And this particular program, just, in, I don't know if you know about it, so I'm just going to share a little bit about it. But in this program, um, we are actually have a call center that was created. So right. we are employing people. And then we also have uh, people that are going into the neighborhoods. But mm -hmm. with it, a tenant can actually apply for funding that went back 12 months in arrears. This is only rental arrears. Unfortunately, it's not mortgage, okay. but it's rental arrears. Or they can go up at least three months as far as for asking for assistance. Mm -hmm. And so we are working with different tenants, um, tenants right now. And so it's been very, very helpful. Mm -hmm. But we know also that you've done a lot to help us speed up the accessibility with the COVID-19 and vaccinations. Mm -hmm. We know that we, at one time we were talking about if the, the numbers were there, we were going to try to get a, 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 a FEMA-directed um, mm -hmm. vaccination site. So mm -hmm. we know that you're doing a lot, and mm -hmm. we appreciate that. Can you discuss other ways that 
some of the things that you're doing is help Gwinnett residents. I know you mentioned small businesses, but there's so many other things that may be coming our way that we know about or don't know about. Yes. Uh, so one big thing that's about to happen is people are going to get uh, the child tax credit checks, which is $300 per child. And uh, this is a very important initiative that will help lift a lot of families with children out of poverty or just make life a little bit easier for uh, families with children. So that's coming out and that's really a major initiative and everybody needs to recognize this is a middle-class tax cut. That, okay. that is one way to think about that. So that's coming soon. Okay. If we learn anything from COVID-19, it's the value of collaboration at all levels of government. So thank you for sharing so far. Now we're going to take a quick break and hear some important announcements. When we return, we'll discuss some of your legislative priorities beyond COVID-19, including infrastructure and jobs. Thanks for sharing. Okay. Okay. Hi, I'm Shannon Candler, Grants Director for Gwinnett County. This year, the county received more than $28.1 million in stimulus funds through the Federal Emergency Rental Assistance Program. The funds are being used for Project Reset 2.0, the county's emergency rental and utility assistance program. Applications are open for renters in Gwinnett County who have a household income at or below 80% of the area median income and have experienced a financial hardship due to COVID-19. Project Reset 2.0 offers up to 15 months of total assistance, which may include rental and or utility arrears and future rental and or utility assistance if needed. Payments will be made directly to landlords and utility providers for past due balances. To learn more about the program, who qualifies and what documents are required, visit gcga.us backslash rental assistance or if you're ready to apply, you can visit gcga.us backslash Project Reset 2. Also, the county will continue sharing additional community resources for food assistance, child care, transportation, seniors, and small businesses at gcga.us slash COVID-19 resources. Now back to the conversation. So thanks for sharing those announcements. Prior to our break, we were talking about the, the tax child credit. Now, I just want to make sure that I understand because that was some wonderful information. So once an individual who have children file their taxes, it's very important that they have to file their taxes then, and they have children, then it's possible that they will actually receive uh, the child tax credit. Can you give me a little bit more information about that? Right. So, so what there is this program called the Child Tax Credit. And uh, what will happen is starting on July 15th, a number of families will get a rebate check. It's okay. actually a tax credit, um, but uh, it, it will come as a check to many families who are already on file with the uh, Internal Revenue Service. Um, and it's $300 per month uh, for children uh, 0 to 5, okay. and then older children 5 to 17 get 250 a month, and that's per child per family. And so this is a really, really important anti-poverty program. It's expected to lift 50% of children out of poverty. Um, then for families that need to, who, who might not be getting that, they can also claim that uh, child tax credit when they file their taxes next year. And you get, it's a little bit confusing, but there's the rebate per month. 
And then when you file, you get a full year's worth, minus those rebates you've already gotten, but you can claim the full year, basically. And so it's $3,000 per child for the the 5 to 17 and $3,600 for the younger children per year. Get it now. Okay. Yes. So you don't get rebate plus the credit, but you get the remainder that you have not yet received of that total amount in your taxes when you file next year. So what I really understand is just stay tuned and listen to all the information <laughs> because we don't want parents to hear one thing, think another. So we, we will make sure that I'm sure information is going to come out and I'm sure you'll send out information for people in our district too that, that provides a little bit more clarity. Yes. Yeah, so, so please go to our uh, social media page. You can find us on Facebook, uh, okay. Rep Bordeaux, uh, and then on Twitter, Rep Bordeaux. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we will have more information about the child tax credit, but those benefits will be coming out soon. They're very important. I think families uh, with children are middle class families with children are going to get a really nice tax cut out of this. Okay. So there's been a lot of news circulating about the American Jobs and Family Plan. How might those pieces of legislation impact Gwinnett residents and small businesses? And are there any pieces of that legislation that has to do with health or anything? Right. So thank you for saying that, because one of the big pieces uh, that's so important in the American Rescue Plan, very, very important for people in the 7th District, are some of those health care benefits. And very important, the American Rescue Plan... um, uh, subsidizes health insurance that's purchased on the exchange okay. and it caps it out. It will subsidize families uh, so that nobody has to pay more than 8.5% of their income in health insurance premiums okay. when they purchase that health insurance on the exchange. Some families will even get a higher benefit. Um, so everybody should go check healthcare.gov, uh, check the health insurance that's available. These um, Benefits are associated with the silver plans on the healthcare.gov website. And if you purchase your health insurance through the exchange, there's some very, very important benefits available. That's wonderful. And I know that that would be helpful because the prices do vary based on the plan and and the person's income. And and the number one problem that I have heard from many families around health insurance is that they can't afford the health insurance premiums. It's so expensive to purchase health insurance for many families. They can't afford it. And as a result, we have at least 120,000 people in the 7th District who don't have health insurance because of that cost. And this is going to really help a lot of families in the district uh, be able to afford health insurance. I know um, prior to becoming a commissioner, I worked with Aetna Health Insurance Company for 20 years, and they offered an early retirement package. So I took it because I had a, a salary that was paid for a whole year in full. But what I didn't understand was I didn't have health insurance. So I had to experience going to the health exchange, and it was very expensive to yeah. be able to take that. So I'm sure that anyone who has, who would like to use the health exchange, having that, that additional benefit will be very beneficial to it, them, helpful to them. It is very helpful. And, uh, I've heard families paying $2,000, $3,000 a month for health insurance for their family. And this will drop that cost dramatically. Okay. We're going to turn a little bit to, Talking about future fit suburbs le- legislation, can you tell us a little bit about what? Why does that matter to our residents, and what is it about? So I sit on transportation infrastructure, and we are getting ready to take up a infrastructure package. Right, uh, and there's a lot of discussion over how big it will be and how we'll pay for it and all of that. 
But what's really important to me is to make sure that our community gets some good benefit out of that package. And uh, what we did, did was we looked it over and we realized that it, the programs in there weren't quite a good fit. And okay. so what we did was we came up with four proposals that will help make it a better fit for our community. So a future fit the suburbs. Um, one is that there's lots of money and resources in there for uh, light rail transit or for heavy rail transit. But there's not a lot there for bus rapid transit right. or for express lane transit. Mm -hmm. And those are the kind of things we're talking a lot about uh, in Gwinnett and to some degree now even in Forsyth. They're getting interested in transit there too. And to do that, we need those funding sources to help fit our community and the needs that we have. Okay. So we have our, our bus act, uh, building up the suburbs. Oh, bill. I like that. There you go. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I'll write that one down. <laughs> so that's, that's one. Another really important one is regional greenways. So we have this really wonderful opportunity uh, to build these really wonderful networks of trails, uh, pedestrian and bike trails all over Gwinnett. Gwinnett has a fabulous plan for it. And yes. again, Forsyth is working on it, has some great plans as well. And uh, what we want to do is really have sort of this regional vision uh, for a greenway. And one of the, the proposals is to run a bike and pedestrian trail along the Chattahoochee, the Chattahoochee River Greenway. Oh, that would be nice. And wouldn't that be beautiful? It really yes. helped connect so many communities um, along the river. And uh, it would run, the proposal is to take it from Buford Dam all the way to Coweta County. So, really? Anyway, I've got a dream that I could go out to my backyard and I could bike down to Duluth and have dinner and then come back home to Swanee. And, you know, it, 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 there, it's just this really innovative proposal. Yeah. Okay. Well, we almost, we are, we will almost be finished. Okay. One last question. Many residents may not know that you have two offices, one in DC and then one right here in the Gwinnett Justice and Administration building. Yeah. What services do are offered to constituents here locally? Uh, so this is very important. Um, we are really here to be advocates for people in the community uh, with the federal government. So anytime you have a tangle up with a federal agency, uh, my staff are here to be helpful on that. And so we do things. We will advocate on Medicare, Social Security, be veterans benefits, immigration. Uh, if you need a passport expedited. Oh, wow. Yeah. All of those are things that my staff are standing by and, and ready to help with. And you can go to Bordeaux.house.gov or you can give us a call at 770-232-3005. Okay. Well, I think we've held you here for long enough. I, I hope our listeners have found out something that they didn't already know. And I expect they will be calling those numbers. Thank you for sitting down with us, Congresswoman. And I hope you will get to do this again. And we just... So support all that you're doing in D.C. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Good to be here with you. And do you have anything else you might want to say to residents? You're welcome. If you want to take a minute. Um, well, sure. You know, I'm Carolyn Bordeaux, Congresswoman from Georgia's 7th District, uh, which represents most of Gwinnett and a good chunk of Forsyth. And we are here to be helpful, uh, both in terms of advocating for you with federal agencies, as I mentioned, uh, but also, if you have ideas about legislation, I mentioned our PPP Extension Act, which helps so many small businesses in the district, uh, and that came right out of our conversations with people in the community. So we encourage everybody to reach out to us, let us know your concerns, and, uh, and then if you need help, uh, definitely reach out to our offices, and we are here standing by uh, to be helpful to the people in this district. 
Okay. Thank you again. So to keep up with new podcast episodes, follow or subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, or visit the podcast section on GwinnettCounty.com. You can also watch the video version of this podcast on TV Gwinnett and Vimeo. Until next time, always remember, we are much better working together.